What's good, y'all? Welcome to Stay Dedicated with your two favorite dads. I'm Zach, and I'm that dad who wished Justin a happy 30th birthday, but then slowly yeah, 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 realized yeah, yeah. he forgot to wish his biological sister a happy birthday a few weeks ago. For a few weeks ago? Yeah. What? <laughs> it happened. I don't it even happened. like that in the same sentence as my happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> better, Zach. Happy birthday, Justin, and happy birthday to my sister, Shelly. I appreciate <laughs> happy it. Happy birthday, Shelly. I'm so sorry. I'm the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm Justin. The two voices you hear are two voices of black fathers that are out here surviving and striving every week to bring you the news, culture, and perspective. So we just finished up Thanksgiving. I know. It was great. Thanksgiving week. Every single Thanksgiving, we always we don't we don't cook at all. We just wait. What we don't cook nothing I at feel all. Like <laughs> no, no, there's a lot happening. What we do is go. We do our rounds. That's what we call it. Every single year, so like, we, do just, our, we just do y'all we just, even barter or y'all just steal <laughs> a little bit of both. Is this in homage of the holiday? Are y'all pilgrims? Yeah, yeah. We could, you could call us that. I kind of like that. Pilgrims. colonizers we're just no we're not colonizing anything hey look we show it to your house you had like the i've gift. never heard this with just no intentions of cooking like no. we're just gonna make our rounds we have no intention whatsoever like that was and we were like we're just gonna go to your house because look the grandparents and the parents are like asking like oh we want you to be here with us i'm like okay well you know even still like you typically have your own little nah. no intimate <laughs> no family situation and then you take a dish mm-hmm. and then you go to somebody else's house. And mm-hmm. it's like a little bit of barter. Like, hey, I'm coming, yeah. but I brought something. Yeah. And no, y'all are just like. What I brought was ourselves. That's what I brought. Y'all are true I brought, pilgrims. I brought a mouth to, to <laughs> eat your food. That's what I did. That is ridiculous. <laughs> so It no, only works out for the holiday. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, but here's the thing, though. It's just I felt that it wasn't really necessary for us to cook anything. Like, I just want to just be in, a, in the moment with my family. That's it. Yeah, but you could be in the moment and still <clears throat> have something to offer. Yeah. And I'm offering myself to you. By was being just, in your presence. Is this, this you and your wife or? It's me, my wife, and Amelia. Okay, okay. So, yeah. So, we're all there. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, we're all not, like. Not bigger family. Like, all the Ammons are going to other people's Oh, houses. no, 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 okay. no. It's just, it's just us three. No, no. Got so we, you. So, we're basically Doesn't just. Doesn't make it as okay, but. But we're just hopping from house to house. Look, I mean, I can't get mad because. Is this because nobody in the house can cook? Uh, I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> Because maybe that's, that's justifiable. If, no. if both of y'all families like, yeah, y'all just just show up. That's all we need. Bring Amelia. Uh, <laughs> that's the real thing. I mean, to that's be thankful really the, the whole point, though. It's like just just bring Amelia. Like there's there's no other like bring your food. I mean, because honestly, what would happen is in a black family, if you were to bring like potato salad or like if you overcook the mac and cheese, best believe, you know, somebody's gonna say something I mean, about yeah, it. Yeah, but it's room in, room for improvement. Like. You're nah. at this age now where you can you can perfect something, or we have the money. Go to the store, go buy you I'm a pie. Gonna, I'm just gonna quick pay you or sell you something. I don't know, and or like you know PayPal. I give you my ten dollars and you go this do your thing. Is that's different. That's, that's my that's contribution. That's a true 2020. I mean, yeah. Thanksgiving. I keep in mind, like you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so I'm trying to like 
limit mine. But I mean, think about that. Even in the midst of a pandemic, if y'all would have followed guidelines, y'all would have been screwed. Yeah. They would have said, hey, don't travel. Don't go to anybody else's house. True. Stick with your family and you stay home. Yeah. Nobody can cook and nobody's going to eat. But as long as it's not more than like, what, 20 people in the house, I think we'll be no, okay. No, it's less than that. Or more than, what, 10 people? I want to say 10, yeah. yeah. I think we're good. There was no, no more but than I'm 10 saying, people. what if yeah. we would have went to a stricter lockdown? Oh, yeah, then, then. then that would be screwed. Y'all have, I mean, eating. we'll probably be hitting up Zoom and saying, all right, we're going to eat. You hit up Zoom, but yeah. you don't have any food because nobody cooked. Hey, look, <laughs> Boston Market got us like ready to go, okay? For those of you who don't know what Boston Market is, it's, uh, it's a nice little like southern like home cooked meal type of a joint. So it's really nice. But that's what I probably would have done. I haven't been to Boston Market in years. <laughs> Boston Market is amazing. <laughs> but, but yeah, so we did a little bit of, you know, like house hopping. I'm tired of, I'm tired of turkey altogether. It's, it's, it's like we always have turkey every single My year. My family doesn't do turkey, so. Yeah, um, yeah. So, I mean, like, now I'm, like, switching over to, the, like, the ham. Yeah. And, you know, my parents, when we were growing up, it, you know, we didn't really eat ham. We just ate, like, a lot of turkey or chicken or, but never ham. Yeah, turkey's so, played out. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> there's some places that know, some families that really know how to, like, smoke a turkey or, mm-hmm. or fry a turkey type thing. Yeah. But it's a gamble. It's like everything yeah. else. Uh, my family's more on the ham side. And it was really just me because yeah. both my parents are pescatarian. So, yeah. Uh, for them, the the spread is always unique. It's, mm-hmm. it's whatever random fish they want to go with. Yeah. This year was salmon. Okay. I mean, we, we've had fish. We had seafood. What was last year? Um, lobster. Last year was lobster. Nice. Yeah. So okay. but they, they switch it up and then random vegetables. And for me, since Thanksgiving, it's kind of always looped in with my birthday. Like mm-hmm. I have the same meal. If anybody yeah. who knows me, it's the same thing every single time. Yeah. Ham and macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Those are my staples. I do it for for Thanksgiving slash birthday, and yeah. then depending on the vibe, we shoot, we'll try to go for it for Christmas or whatever mm-hmm. too. So, pretty much, my Thanksgiving be chill. Like I, yeah. I ain't got nothing to really worry about. I can do a little bit of the prep mm-hmm. for the macaroni, but yeah. I'm going down to my parents' house, and <laughs> they it's, it's automatic. Like yeah. I buy a ham. It's just for me. Just for you, <laughs> stick it in, stick it in the oven. Do a little bit of seasoning. Yeah, throw a little glaze on there. Oh, okay, okay. And that's my my Thanksgiving. See, okay, so like last year, what we did was we did deer last year. So, okay, but like, but every single year, y'all we always, kill the deer. No, I mean, my brother did. Yeah, like, yeah. So that yeah. fits. I'm just adding them to this pilgrim persona. Yeah, like, yeah. Y'all so, are the, uh, the uh, true pilgrims. Apparently, we are. We are the true pilgrims. <laughs> we are the pioneers of this type of stuff. But anyways, no, seriously, like my. My brother brought over the deer, right? And we basically smoked it and grilled it at the same time, if that makes any sense. But we smoked it and like every year we always have different types of meat. So the year before that we had quail and the year before that we had venison. And then like, it just yeah. always changes every okay. single year. You're switching yeah. It up. yeah, yeah. And then like um, this year was just your plain turkey and- Well, this year was probably your year <laughs> yeah. to contribute and you didn't. So. Yeah, you know, I contributed by just being there, okay? <laughs> so y'all got turkey. We got turkey, but it was it was, it was was a fair enough uh, What I mean, did y'all come together or y'all, cause your family's bigger than mine. Right, the way we did is where I went to my parents' house and then we went to Mariah's household. Like, Are her, your siblings yeah. came together? All my siblings did not come together. Everybody else was doing their own thing. Like, so my, the one, my older sister who I did not wish her happy birthday. Shame. She's in Shame. California. She, she want nothing to do with y'all. Well, I think like I mean, but the way we have it set up for our family is like we don't usually meet on Thanksgiving, but we usually meet on Christmas. Okay. So like that's just the the you know the, the takeaway from that. Yeah, I get it. So. 
<laughs> it's just a week. It's just a day to just eat food, and that's it. So, but we all know the truth behind Thanksgiving. And no, I'm not a true pilgrim. So we'll see everybody. I'll see everybody in, in Christmas. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully, because very this pandemic is really killing everything. So yeah, but we'll see. But I mean, for those with bigger families, that's I understand. That's that's a true struggle and it made yeah. diff- things different like yeah. i have a small family dynamic so mm-hmm. my sister didn't come down but yeah we just called her so yeah. we were on facetime while we, we all ate dinner together okay via facetime and i mean she's not necessarily missing anything yeah. like the ham and the macaronis for me yeah so she would probably be eating so fish. she cooked it then she cooked her food on her yeah hand. she cooked her she okay. cooked her food okay. she uh i think she did a cornish hen okay uh and some sides and everything too nice so it was all good. Okay. Like, I, that's why I enjoy Thanksgiving. It's a real, it's yeah. a real intimate family holiday. We're mm-hmm. always just kicking it together. Yeah, uh, it doesn't have the the allure or pressure of Christmas with yeah. the gifts and yeah, you know, Christmas music. I'm not a fan of yeah. So all the decorations Wait, you're not and a stuff. Fan of Christmas music. I'm not a fan. Why not of any of that? Why not? <laughs> it just it doesn't rock well with me. It's annoying. People start Christmas after Halloween and it's very disrespectful. It's true though. Yeah, immediately no. right after Halloween. But hey, mm-hmm. on the on the flip side, at least your birthday was as amazing as you think it is. I mean, well, what? yeah, because it's all lumps together. So yeah. I mean, Thanksgiving. That's I mean that also adds to my bias for Thanksgiving because my birthday does fall on Thanksgiving. Yeah every so often so like i said that real intimate setting is me my friends my parents Mm -hmm. like that's the only things i really care about or you know want to be thankful for so tis the name of no the event thanksgiving so that's why i really appreciate to really just have people i'm really thankful for to be around so So what are you thankful for i mean that's that's really it like my relationship so i mean i am 30 Today's my 30th birthday. 30, so, 30. Yeah. So um, for Thanksgiving, just to, to be able to, to look around and or just, you know, go on my phone and call people up yeah. and just know, like, these are the people that I'm truly connected with. Right. That's a true reason to be thankful. And like everyone mm-hmm. in my life continues to push me forward. Yeah. Uh, continues to encourage and support me. So Thanksgiving at the heart of it to me has better intentions than yeah. like a Christmas where it's yeah. like people spending so much money yeah. the whole commerce aspect it's of it super commercialized cons- yeah, yeah consumerism mm-hmm. like and then you no know, just the anxiety or, or the angst of you no know, did I get the right gift am I yeah. getting a gift all that type of stuff I don't want to get mixed up in that this is why we resort to gift cards right here I mean some people don't like gift cards I know but like, hey, like, like that's, that's boring <laughs> Hey, you have no creativity. It's not boring when you it's don't like really know me. <laughs> <laughs> You've been knowing me for thirty years now. You should yeah, know what I want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, what, what are the plans for birthday? Like, what are you thinking? Like, what's going to happen? I mean, I've already gone out a little bit. Did a little bit of a, a pain sip. That was a uh, my first time doing that. Nice. It was fun. Yeah. i like I said, I've never done this before. Pain sips are fun. I like it. Yeah, it was very, very much of a, of a freestyle. Had a black artist, had a black venue type nice. thing. So okay. trying to make sure that we we keep it inclusive within our culture, so mm-hmm. we can uh, continue to support them, so they can continue to grow. So yeah, it was a, yeah. it was a great vibe. Yeah. And then I mean, we got more and more festivities coming. But like I said, this whole weekend is always just very uh, important to me. Right. It's impactful. Like yeah. I said, starting off with Thanksgiving where I have like time with my family mm-hmm. and then spending the rest of the time between Thanksgiving and my birthday yeah. with all my friends. Yeah. And I mean, as you know, as 30 hits, you, you look back at you know, three decades of mm-hmm. you know, possibly different types of yeah. relationships. Yeah. So it's always good to see, you know, people are still around. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known some of these people for 
know, over 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. So to come together and celebrate, I'm not really big for one to be like center of attention type thing. Yeah. So typically the bigger celebration is either earlier in the month or the month before when Mm -hmm. I'm celebrating somebody else's birthday. Yeah. Because we have same friends group type things. Right. So this one's going to be interesting to really just kind of see kind of the the pinnacle of everybody trying to come and celebrate me. Yeah. That's just not my thing. So the pandemic is really just not, it's not really stopping your birthday plans Uh, whatsoever. Not necessarily. I mean, there's some people, this is not like a huge, (laughs) like when I say venue, I'm talking about a small, a small event type thing. Uh, I think there was no more than 12 people in Mm -hmm. the room. Yeah. Um, So I'm very close knit with with my people. Yeah. These people have already been around and also... I also get tested every week, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm checking checking my vitals to make sure. Are you gonna be sure one of the people good. who like, hey, look, you ain't coming through the door until I see a temperature negative check. temperature check all yeah, the way through. I got a thermometer on deck. <laughs> it's like if you're over ninety uh, something degrees, then you can't come in here. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> we, we actually <laughs> had two nurses already. We had oh, two yeah? nurses there. We good. <laughs> oh, we got, yeah, oh, we got we, it set up. Okay. Yeah, we checked. We checked yeah. all the boxes. Yeah. Hey, but at least you have a birthday party. Mine was kind of like right at the beginning of the pandemic and yeah. all, I, all I could do was just we're gonna hop on zoom real quick and just have a conversation and drink and play games and whatever and that was it but you on the other hand it's just like I mean yeah you did have that <clears throat> that pre-pandemic or that early pandemic birthday and that was like you know 30 to me is like a big milestone and I was planning to have a good one this year but because of that you know it, it is what it is so do you feel like it diminished 30 at all do you feel less of a 30 year old i don't feel less <laughs> of a 30 year old i'm 30 for just because i'm 30 i mean I, like it is what it is at this point so i mean that but, begs in the question like yeah. people think well people place a, a high placeholder on 30 see yeah and they have this preset notion that like this is what i need to accomplish by the time i reach 30 you know so they have this idea that like this is just the stereotype of what a 30 year old should be at you know who Who's who's trying to head in a positive direction? Like yeah. you know, so you should be married. You should have a house. You should have a nice car, a good job, and possibly have kids in there in the mix somewhere. But right, you should you have already like, a, like accomplished forty percent. He said what? So you got like a forty percent, forty percent of it completed. You know, I don't know, but yeah. So I mean, at least I can say you know I'm somewhat there. But then we failed to realize that thir- everybody's perception of thirty is a lot different. Like so, I want to ask you, like, what was your perception even before you even had kids like what were you thinking that 30 wasn't going to be like oh so like younger me something yeah 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 uh younger me kind of fell into that like really younger me was very i guess kind of swayed by societal things i Mm -hmm. think but Mm -hmm. it changed relatively quickly i think for me societal norms got broken down after i had alexia type right right when i realized hey yes i'm a single father Mm -hmm. um yes no i'm 18 19 and you know supposed to be woe is me type thing i don't know how i'm gonna make it and then i realized i can make it like work harder pay attention in school Mm -hmm. do what you're supposed to do handle responsibilities and be respectful yeah it's kind of like all right society doesn't tell you the the success stories behind just you know doing the right thing yeah so once you kind of break some of those norms, then you start to ignore some of the other societal norms. Like at 21, like wasn't kind of like party, go crazy, drink type thing. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to do any of that. Yeah, or even like for me, it's I, after that whole initial break, everything kind of separated out. Mm-hmm. So even like you no, know, your four year typical 
no college journey type thing. No, my journey was a lot longer. I had yeah. other things to do. Yeah. Like, I had you real had life. Yeah. You had a child I had to take real care. life things to do. So when you don't graduate <laughs> in four years, it's not mm-hmm. like, oh, dang, like, I should stop. Yeah. Like, no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it at my yeah. own pace. I'm going to get yeah. my degree. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's a piece of paper on the wall. Yeah. It's more about what you know and who you know. That's a- uh, So I think life is just constantly always showing me just like don't buy into, mm-hmm. you know, societal norms, what you see on social media type mm-hmm. thing. Uh, so now when it comes down to 30, like it's literally just another year type thing. Like, 31 might be my best year ever. Yeah. Like, like Aaliyah said, age ain't nothing but a number. So I mean, to me... <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is I get the concept you get the but concept but the whole I have the whole backstory in my head now and that's just like I don't want to be we ain't gonna go down that <laughs> <Yeah>. rabbit hole <laughs> but the concept is I mean look here's the thing like okay so me for 30 when I was younger um I thought like you know I think it was just more on the realm of like what women would think what 30 should look like yeah because women yeah i mean i'm not gonna blame the women but women had this notion that like you know you had to be married and you know had all the all the fixings and whatnot to to be a successful 30 year old right so me on the hand it's just like i kind of took some of that and i was like i mean it's it's a it's a perception thing it's not like it's supposed to be um if i'm 30 and i don't have no kids i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fret like if i'm not married i'm not gonna fret either you know but I can at least say like, you know, I've achieved these things. I've graduated from high school. I've graduated from college. I got high my high school, yeah, yeah, check. Yeah. I got my um <laughs> I got my degree, right? I've I have a a five figure piece of paper hanging up on the wall right now as <laughs> as we speak, you know. So I mean, so these are just accomplishments. And I got a job that's well paid. So I mean I don't see anything wrong with it. So with that being said, me being thirty now, it's like I I'm kinda glad that I kinda turned I mean the events that took place, I don't regret any of it whatsoever. Yeah. Like it is, you know, like people have their own lanes. And I realize that, you know, people have their own way of life. They have their own lanes after they go down. And I can't always compare myself to other people, you know, because I can tell you right now, like, I wish that I could have done certain things in, in my life that would have propelled me a little bit more further. So that way, whenever I do have a kid, I can like do that. So there's this a friend of mine who, you know, she has a boyfriend she's doing it up she has her own business and you know and like she has a great life right but for me i'm like i'm married i have a child and i'm in this situation and i'm always constantly thinking to myself like i want to be kind of like that you know but i can't because we're on two different platforms or two different lanes everybody moves differently and like the way i look at it is nobody's lived your life and made your decisions before like Mm -hmm. there's only there's everyone has a unique path yeah the the second you start looking i mean just it's a whole track analogy type thing if you're running your race the second you look into somebody else's lane you're losing focus on what's Mm -hmm. in your lane type thing Mm -hmm. so yes you might see other people might be ahead of you per se or other people might be behind you Mm -hmm. but if you're really running a race type thing and you focus on what's <clears throat> directly in front of you, mm-hmm. nothing else matters. Yeah. You have no clue what it took for somebody to get to that point. You exactly. have no clue what they sacrificed, what they mm-hmm. gained. Like, so me, it's not, it's never worth the effort. So my 30 looks different from everybody else's 30. And mm-hmm. that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. I, for, to be honest, I mean, getting back into technology type thing, like, it wasn't for technology, we wouldn't have a clue what anybody else's 30 looks like. Right. Nobody's looking, comparing their 30 to like 
MOK's 30 because they read it in a book type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that would have been the only option to find to do the research of like all right yeah let me read a book and see what somebody else did at, at 30 yeah uh but now it's just super glamorized yeah. it's just kind of like all right you did this at 30 now i did this at 25 yeah but you don't have to buy into it so right. i do take a high regard into my 30 being different like mm-hmm. i said 30 is cool but 31 might 30. be the best yeah. year of my life and so that's what i was going to ask you so with that being said thinking forward what do you want to like what is your plan to like what do you plan to achieve during this whole decade of your 30s like what is what are you thinking uh i mean for me the 30s is really um and embarking on this journey of like i have the knowledge now 20s Mm -hmm. was about gathering knowledge right a lot of experimentation a lot of trial and error yeah uh it doesn't necessarily go away you can't eliminate it but Mm -hmm. I have enough data set yeah. <laughs> to be able to make some well-informed decisions. Yeah. So now 30s, if anything, would be about making decisions. And for me specifically, it's about you know, making room right. for, for these decisions. I've right. kind of gotten to a certain level of habit, a certain level of comfort. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, I know how to operate in this in this form of fashion, but there's bigger things that are out there for me. There's bigger plans that I, I can be achieving, um, but I have to make room for it. So I think that's what this is. Uh, this part of my life is, you know, yeah. whether it's you no know, career opportunities, making room for that, relationships, uh-huh. making room for that, um, building, making room for just bigger skill sets. Mm-hmm. So I mean, even with this podcast, we're on season three. Like we know how to do this type of thing. Like right. what's next? What else can I do? Yeah. To increase my capacity or right. better work with my capacity that I have mm-hmm. right now. Some things need to go away. Mm-hmm. So. That would probably be my the journey I would embark for this next decade. Yeah. I mean, like that could all be done within a year. Yeah, we have to cut people off. Like there are some things that like we, we <laughs> like no no seriously no no like I say I, make room. You say it's tight in here. Make room. Somebody gotta go. Make room. But no seriously though, like I say to myself, I always think back now that I'm 30. I always think back like man, imagine like how far I've I've become. Or how far I've came from that one point, right? So I always think back to high school. Like I used to be friends with everybody. And then uh, my brother said it best. He's like, you know, whenever you graduate high school or whenever you graduate college, 98% of the people that you know is gonna be like, is, is gone. Yeah. Like, and you're only gonna have that one, maybe 2% of friends that you still have hanging around with you that's gonna be for you for a while. But then eventually, like, people are gonna grow off and, and go off to their own journeys and whatnot. But definitely, everybody's a, in your life for a certain season. Yeah, yeah. So I plan to accomplish in my own right that, you know, I wanna, you know, of course I wanna take, stay dedicated to another level. I wanna propel myself and learn new things and, and, and grow. Um, now that I'm married, it's like learning how to be a better, you know, husband and also being a better father. And, you know, I'm just thankful that we have this platform right here to kind of express ourselves and grow. Yeah. And, but I mean, and, it also serves as a as a timekeeper as well. Right. So, I mean, if we're talking about this now and in another year. Yeah. You should have some level of progress. Yeah. But regardless, happy birthday, man. I appreciate it. Hey, look, here's the thank thing, you. though. You made it to 30 years old. You're not long, You're not a statistic. You know, like, oh, thank you. Like, I think I made it into a new branch of statistics. Made, yeah, you made it into a new branch of statistics. So congratulations my, on making it to this one. checked. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I appreciate it. Thank you for everyone who's text called. Yeah. Social media. Uh, I appreciate it all. Yeah. I love all the support. And this is something we got to we got to keep going. I mean thankful today i'm 30 but no tomorrow's a new day and yeah keep that love and support going 
Chappelle. He's uh he's been making a lot of news. Actually, no, I'm glad I'm glad this came back uh, up yeah. because after walk back my statement when we recorded, I want to say it was like a, like three episodes ago. Yeah, like three episodes yeah. ago, right before he went on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I think that was election weekend, election night. Talking, mm-hmm. um, we had made the comments, and I was congratulating Chappelle on like getting the deals with Netflix right. and. Uh, HBO Max. Yeah. And then literally after we stopped recording, he went on Saturday Night Live and said, yeah, I got, uh, they have my show, but I'm not making any money from it. And I was like, dang, like that's the complete opposite of what I was talking about. But he just came out with a quick little like short, I don't know what to call these now. They're not specials, but I mean, he's just putting them out. He's just literally talking. Short clips or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But this one's like 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, And yeah, he really got into just like exposing kind of the business type thing. Yeah. So it was really informative to know what's happening. And we all appreciate how Chappelle goes about telling a story, like a real serious story, but with like satirical elements Mm -hmm. to it. Uh, so what we're talking about essentially, like I said, we had made the comment, you know, congratulating him on HBO Max and Netflix. But it turns out, you know, he kind of exposed the fact that he doesn't make any money from either one of those right. you know, shows streaming mm-hmm. uh, because the Chappelle show and his likeness essentially is owned by Comedy Central, I believe. Uh, Viacom? Viacom, yeah. Viacom, yeah. But I mean, yeah. So subsidiary of it. Um, and he pretty much went down his story of just kind of like his early uh, comedic journey of where he you know, got the opportunity. He pretty much signed away his likeness in, the, in a bad contract mm-hmm. or good. Depends on how you look at it. this. has been a common conversation in uh, entertainment. You know, it's bad when you become successful and they don't mm-hmm. want to update your, your contract. But yeah, it's good at that moment because you're a young budding entertainer you mm-hmm. get the opportunity to make some money for you and your family mm-hmm. and everything seems great um but i mean now Chappelle being a senior veteran and in, in comedy and just all across the board the fact that he doesn't own his own likeness or his own namesake for his own show uh is troubling yeah. and this is something that's very you know repeated in in hollywood or music industry or just artistry overall where yeah especially people of minorities, like you get successful in these companies or, you know, these powerhouses have your rights. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. So even as much as we love Chappelle, we all, I feel like anybody who's been a supporter of Chappelle throughout these last 10 years, like we just need another episode of Chappelle show. Yeah. If he could just highlight just what else, what's going on in the world just one time. We would love. And I mean, we all probably thought it was kind of like, all right, he just doesn't want to have to reinvent the show or try to go back, mm-hmm. you know, you know, rest in peace, Charlie Murphy. Like, right. it's a lot of things that would just, it would be a struggle. But I mean, yeah. in reality, he just doesn't have the rights to it. Yeah. He, the way he broke it down is like, he can't create a Chappelle show under his name legally. Yeah. Because they own the rights to that they name. They own, yeah. Yeah. Which is just the worst. I'm like, you, you, your greatest pieces of work, or one of your greatest pieces of work is that right there. That is like the milestone. That is the one that made you who you are. I mean, and I get it like when he left uh, that deal that he had from the company, you know, I get it, you know, but like this right here is just like so underhanded and, and so. Yeah, like just, this is the reality of business. So yeah. it's, like I said, this special or whatever this is was uh informative just yeah. to kind of see somebody of that yeah. power yeah 
like we literally, we literally would probably pay yeah to just to watch Chappelle speak right yeah uh, so someone who's who's worked their way so up high in the ranks still doesn't have enough power to renegotiate his contract right thing. but I mean he's pulling a power move now so essentially. Uh, when he returned back to comedy, he started doing deals with Netflix. We mm-hmm. all saw that. He had yep. like the two back-to-back specials. Yeah. But within that, apparently, he he had a certain level of business relationship with them. Yeah. Uh, to where when he realized that Netflix and HBO were streaming his show. He just asked them, like, hey, can you take it down? Yeah. And they were pretty cool about it. I pretty was like, cool. yeah. In, in perspective. In perspective, Because, yeah. I mean, he said he found out essentially just because... No, it it popped up like oh Chappelle shows on. That's I mean literally if we go back to the moment, it was a very random moment where Netflix was kind of like hey we're bringing out Chappelle show. Yeah. So that's pretty much how he found out. I was like yeah. oh my show is being streamed once again. Yeah. Somewhere else and I don't even mm-hmm. get a, a heads up. Yeah. But uh, I mean I think Netflix is doing a smart business move, mm-hmm. knowing how valuable Chappelle is. Yeah. To listen to the artists. Yeah. And I think that's I think that's why it's going to be a very revolutionary move because yeah. Chappelle is big, but there's other big players as well. And if they can start getting companies just to start listening, like right. hey, uh, out of consideration, like we, you can make a lot of money doing mm-hmm. the move that you're doing, mm-hmm. but you can make a lot more for on one accord. Yeah, and I think that's part of the wave that Chappelle is going on is yeah. really just uh, understanding the value of, of what you bring to the table mm-hmm. and knowing that your value doesn't get limited <clears throat> just because of what somebody put on a piece of paper. Yeah. So what he's calling to so he Netflix took it down, but he's calling for everyone to boycott the show, which is a little yeah. bit different. Typically, when you get into no conflicts of interest type thing most artists will go at the the industry uh-huh. like boycott HBO Max boycott all these other streaming sites that want to put up my show mm-hmm. but Chappelle's going in differently he's talking to his fans directly mm-hmm. like hey just don't watch the show yeah and like, I think his fans his fan base is, is super strong like, yeah they, definitely yeah. I mean I'm I really want to see how this <clears throat> plays out it might be a long run type thing mm-hmm. where you know HBO is still a bigger Viacom is a bigger company like can continue to do what they want. They have yeah. the rights. They have the funding for it. Mm-hmm. They could stream Chappelle forever yeah. and still not lose. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's going to show the true buying power of of the consumers. Yeah. Uh, this is a different aspect of a strike than where we're used to. But in the streaming age, your data is everything. So if it starts trending negative, yeah. And I think. Ultimately, he's probably going to work out more deals with Netflix Mm -hmm. to where Netflix starts trending upward Mm -hmm. and they have some level of uh, a mutual relationship. Yeah. This could be this could be game changing to get artists to really like be able to challenge their to get their work back. Yeah. I think it it truly is a humble moment for him to to be able to expose the fact that. Like as a man, as a creative, I mean, especially just looking to us for us, like mm-hmm. how we are as creatives. Yeah. To know that you were given opportunity, but the opportunity was so backhanded mm-hmm. to know that your entire likeness yeah. and your name yeah. is has been sold to somebody else. Yeah. Uh, we had this talk early on when we were talking about developing Stay Dedicated, mm-hmm. just kind of like working with different vendors or just mm-hmm. working with different platforms that have certain access and rights to our our creative um, yeah. p- 
property. Yeah. And that's something that we were against because, yeah. you know, yeah. everyone's fear, everyone's success is like, hey, we blow up. But I mean, the fear is you blow up and somebody takes it away from there you. There you go. Yeah. See, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it also... Like I, I'm just really uh, reflecting on the idea that there was this one um, platform that we want to go to and they would have done everything for us, the marketing, the everything, all that stuff. They would have gotten all of our stuff out of there. The only difference is that we had to give up the rights to all of our recordings to that company. Yeah, they, and, they technically have the, the rights to, to distribute the recordings on yeah, their own. Yeah. And so we would have not gotten paid for it. I mean, you know. No, nah, we would have got a cut because I mean, that's cut, what yeah. Chappelle talks about. Everybody... Yeah talks about Chappelle and like the $50 million mm-hmm. no walk away from the deal type thing. Yeah. But the reality of the fact that Viacom was making 500 million and they mm-hmm. tried to get from 50 million. Like yeah. when you put that in perspective, it makes sense. Y'all mm-hmm. are giving me 10% of what y'all are making on something that I created. Right. And that's the struggle that a lot of artists go through. And that's the business. On, on a daily, and that's the thing, everybody yeah. chops up to that's the business. And I think that yeah. Chappelle is trying to change that narrative. Like yeah. it's not the business. It's, bad business yeah and but we can get to a level where it's not as bad or, or just expose the bad yeah. to everybody even like with kevin hart you know coming out with, with all of his stuff as well like i i mean i'm just glad that like dave like dave Chappelle isn't really like oversaturating himself with different markets he's just staying true to himself and i'm not having nothing against kevin hart but with this new netflix special that just came out for me, it felt like Kevin Hart is changing is changing direction into a way where it kind of feels like we are starting a new revolution with, you know, Dave Chappelle and and all the you know and all these other comedians that's coming around. I don't know. Maybe I'm like spitballing, or maybe I'm just throwing that out there. But the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of people did not like his um, his special. Yeah, because Kevin it was Hart, that yeah. Kevin Hart got a lot of got a lot of hate. Uh, I think it's relative. I'm a, a member of Black Twitter, so I see it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, people, it's easy to hate on something. Like, it's yeah. easy to say something negative yeah. something. But the reality of the fact is you still watched it. Yeah. So the money's already been spent. Mm-hmm. And you got to understand uh, when it gets down to higher business, we might not be Kevin's target audience anymore. Right. Like, especially if we're the ones who next spitting, spilling a lot of the negativity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole nother audience that Kevin Hart, you know, can entertain yeah. that are going to continue support. And that right. happens to be probably you no know, white men, white women. Yeah. Like we know the power of white women mm-hmm. uh, when it comes down to politics. Same thing happens in all these other industries. Yeah. So, yes, Kevin's not necessarily pandering to to us as much mm-hmm. or, you know, a lot of people are part of the issue with our communities. You always have to live up to your legacy. So, right. yeah, he's six specials in yeah and no it's not as great as his first two specials but Mm -hmm. he's still out here he's getting a check still getting it yeah so somebody wants to hear him i think it's different like if you if you were like hey i don't like kevin hart i'm not gonna go to his live show type thing yeah that's different that's your own personal difference but if he's already gotten the check for it and it's streaming type thing if you don't want it just (laughs) ignore it (laughs) and go about your day (laughs) don't watch ever again yeah there's no need to express negativity And, um, and I have nothing negative. Yeah, it's like I have nothing negative to say about the show. To be quite frankly honest, it, it felt different. And he was going for more like, I mean, there's some funny parts here and there, but it's just more like, this is who I am. I'm being real with you. Like, this is my story. Yes, we're going through a pandemic. And, and that's that. I, I get it, you know, but the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, that was a whole different aspect that we we can just dive right into. We had it on November 19th, but then they released it 
the night before, so it was on November 18th. Yeah, they didn't want that Gucci smoke. They didn't want that. <laughs> they knew the verse was coming. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just a great time going down memory lane and just re- revisiting the whole idea of just Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then, like, we finally got to uncover the big thing from that everybody's been asking for. Like, what is it with, you know, with Will and Janet, like, how is that going to go? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the big thing. Like, we, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, like, okay, we see the new Aunt Viv, right, who's on set with everybody, but where's the original Aunt Viv, you know? So, um, so we were all just waiting for that. But, I mean, I'm glad that they got the time to, like, really take it in, like, little by little on certain aspects, like, you know, the making of the show and so on and so forth. But just the whole controversy of everything with Janet and Will was like right there 27 years after this whole fiasco. Yeah, that was that was deep. Yeah, that was really deep. And I was and, I, and I'm glad that, you know, Will did what he did. And <laughs> he ah. like, I mean. I'm, and that's and that's I'm, what I want to I'm talk to you about. about it. I yeah. mean, I will say with the reunion, um, that production was was on point. So I yeah. do give kudos to Will and whatever studio he worked with um, to get the production for the reunion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the different, um, the way they cut the scenes, the way they did the interview styles, mm-hmm. um, just the way they brought people together, right. it seemed really authentic. So it, it made for overall just great reunion show. Yeah. Uh, even I mean, even to your point, how they kind of built up the drama type thing. Like a lot of people did give Will kudos of like, all right, finally sitting down with Janet type thing. But right. when you listen to the story, like Will is the problem here. Like, yeah. Will created the problem and then giving them a pat on the back for for fixing it. Like yeah, see and 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 see and I think the perceived notion that everybody was thinking like well well and and Janet said it herself that they thought that they fired her but because of her situation she was pregnant and you know and they were like well you know we have to change up everything and it was just it was just all like all it messed was, up it overall was a whole bunch of mess yeah it was just but a whole I mean, bunch of mess got... and and, I, and 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 i understood her perspective now now that we got, finally got the story that like nobody was really backing her up and the main person aka will wasn't really doing his part he was just again just a young well, no, he was antagonizing like yeah. this is i don't of course we were both young so i don't necessarily yeah. know all the truth but i remember yeah. watching fresh prince and then when I did get of a decent age and people started talking about the transition between mm-hmm. dark skin Aunt Viv yeah. and light skin Aunt Viv and it's kind of like there was a whole beef going on. Yeah. Like Janet was out here like going at Will yeah. and uh, yeah. Alfonso. Yeah. And pretty much the whole cast. Like yeah. y'all are some like backstabbers yeah. type thing. Um, so I don't know to a certain degree of what details were released. I know she said there's a common misconception mm-hmm. that she was fired, but I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure during that time she announced that I wasn't fired. Like yeah. I couldn't do the show. I was yeah. pregnant type thing. Yeah. What made it worse is that you had people like Will, he said like, I felt intimidated. So mm-hmm. he's 20, 21 type thing. He's firing shots back. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, she just, I didn't want her on the set type thing. Like we yeah. couldn't work together. So that's right. where Will star power kind of, pushed Janice's reality and her mm-hmm. truth out of the window. Yeah. Not to say that it was never said. Yeah. So for me, like for him to come back and just like, oh, my bad type thing, to me, I suppose Volker said that should have came with a check mm-hmm. type thing. She lost all, she lost her career. Yeah, she was blackballed. Yeah, because yeah. Of, of Will's action. And Will's been become, become fairly successful mm-hmm. since then. Uh, and I'm pretty sure the reunion show was successful and they got a good check for that. But 
I feel like she should have got a little bit more and it could have happened yeah. behind the scenes I think but for me that that whole scene it was kind of like alright yeah you sorry but like this was a lot yeah this, this woman's <laughs> career truly got 27 ended. years down the drain yes. and the woman went through a struggle like yeah. she like you know husband just lost his job and just had a child and they're trying to make ends meet and nobody's accepting her and I'm like this girl is Juilliard Juilliard trained like mm-hmm. she is hella talented and yeah. I'm just like all that to go to waste simply because you guys had beef or yeah. whatever and then and, and there's problems on I, both sides yeah. but yeah. But I can tell both of them were like really tired of just being angry with each other and they just want to just move on. And yeah, so like I, I see both sides of it. Like I, yeah. I get it. To me, there's a little bit too much of the propaganda type thing. Like yeah. Will probably incepted the idea, let's do a reunion show type thing. Right. And it's kind of like, all right, I know I need to build buzz around this type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I'm bringing everybody together. I guess now it's time for me to apologize. I think like they would apologize years uh, gotcha. before yeah. and just never brought it up. But yeah. now it's like, all right, I'm putting together a reunion show. And now we're going to make this now a big thing. Apologize. Like I'm yeah. going to go ahead, put this on stage and actually yeah. apologize. Because what other on, people didn't see, I only saw it because I've read some articles about it. Like mm-hmm. will apologize. Right. But Alfonso didn't. Yeah. So there's no scenes with so, Alfonso and Dark Skin on what, it. What's with uh? So what was uh, with Alfonso? What it's was the same thing. Like, oh, okay. There was literally a war of words in okay. the '90s. I think they were going at each other. Okay. Janet was shooting shots. Like y'all are pretty much got me blackballed in Hollywood type mm-hmm. thing. And y'all are going about y'all merry way. Y'all just want to replace me type thing. Mm-hmm. Like the way that we felt watching it on screen, she had to live that. Like yeah, y'all didn't want to renew my contract. I'm going through a lot at home, and y'all just gonna put a light skin version of me up there like nothing happened there was yeah. no explanation yeah um so during that time you know she's spitting out her words and i mean will and alfonso were spitting out their words back type thing so mm-hmm. those are huge it was a legitimate beef mm-hmm. and that's why i said the whole propaganda like will's kind of like all right you know i'm successful now mm-hmm. i'm good i want to put together a reunion show all right let's do an, a, yeah. a public apology yeah. apology but alfonso was not there during the scenes with uh dark skin i viv Janet, oh, okay. sorry. So yeah, if you if you go back go back and rewatch it, whenever yeah. she comes on set, he's offset, and then they switch back. Like I said, the production was good; you don't catch it. But whenever I she's gone, I really he's back on set. Oh wow, I did not see that. Yeah, yeah. So that's all. I mean, overall, great, great reunion, mm-hmm. great highlights. Um, the the tribute for James Avery, you know very touching mm-hmm. um, and then getting a lot more of the insight just, it was really good to hear the other characters speak I've heard Will go through it a couple times mm-hmm. just talking about his Fresh Prince you no know, experience but really hearing the rest of the cast um, DJ Jazzy Jeff like yeah. you know him being understanding his uh, crucial part of the show without necessarily being a true main character but he always just kept himself involved in it so mm-hmm. overall definitely enjoyed the, the reunion show yeah overall it seems like November's has been a month of you no know, truces to resolve beefs so we had the Will and Janet situation but I mean just right before that you had Gucci and Jeezy getting on the stage together Oof, and man. Looks like it was almost good to go to to blows and be a true conflict, but they resolved it peaceably. They made it through the verses. That was a very tense very. two hours <laughs> of just watching them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, overall, I I enjoyed it. Jeezy definitely won. I called it. 
we all we, we all knew that was gonna happen. No, it depends. It really depends on just what side of the fence you you stand yeah. on. That's the, the key so what, part when it comes so down. So what with. makes what makes you say that Jeezy won over Gucci Mane? Well, Jeezy for one already just has more hits. I mean, right. depending on where you are regionally, uh, Jeezy just kind of hit harder home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like I said, my whole high school was was all Jeezy songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I necessarily, I mean, if I was in a, you know, a different environment, then it would have been more Gucci. Yeah. Like, this is not necessarily the music I listen. I don't listen to Gucci. Yeah. So, no matter where, I already had an implicit bias. Yeah. But a lot of people, if you know the true story behind it, Gucci wins. Yeah. Like, the fact that Gucci is alive and Gucci's on the stage, like, Gucci wins the the verses. So, a lot of people don't know that. So, from my understanding, there was a hit on... On Gucci Mane, right? Yes. From Jeezy. Yes. Yes. So, allegedly. Allegedly. We, it wasn't confirmed. Allegedly. But so yeah. they had So Icy back in, I don't say it's 04, 05 maybe. Mm-hmm. That's their song together. Both of them still up and coming underground Atlanta artists. Right. Uh, Jeezy had a little bit of a higher edge. Jeezy ended up getting signed. They do So Icy together. Um, Jeezy takes So Icy on on tour type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gucci was still in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Gucci wanted to perform So Icy, but it's on Jeezy's album type thing. Uh, so a little bit of just a conflict between that. Mm-hmm. Um, they have bigger entourages and bigger gangs that they're a part of. Mm-hmm. Conflict in the streets between them two. Yeah. Allegedly, a hit is uh, Home Invasions put on Gucci. Uh, Gucci in self-defense kills the people who try to kill one of the members who tried to invade his house happens to be Jeezy's close homeboy. Beef is sparked even more. Gucci killed your homeboy, uh, Pokey Loke. Um, and then just over the past, what, 15 years, it's just been back to back to back mm-hmm. t- tracks and beef. Yeah. Gucci being old Gucci, we put air quotes on, uh, used to just go at it. Whole songs just about. F Jeezy um, Jeezy took a, a higher route per se you know he was dealing with you know, labels and albums so there's a couple mixtapes with some some Gucci disses on there but for the most part mm-hmm. it's underlying bars you just have to catch them where you catch them right so like I said the real success story is Gucci you know surviving a home invasion mm-hmm. uh, you know still living his life you know went to jail and all that came back reformed but him just being there and mm-hmm. also to be civil right like Gucci, I mean, sorry, Jeezy to me is the ultimate, you know, villain. Right. Because he has everybody's, you no, know, he has the favor of everybody. Like, he's the one who's just, like, better. But if the facts are true, he's mm-hmm. the one who sparked this. Yeah. Um. So, Gucci being able to stand across the stage from with somebody who possibly attempted his life mm-hmm. and not attempt his life in that very moment shows him to be the bigger victor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you said it that way, like, when... Gucci man said what he said on stage and it went in something like this. I'm, I'm just paraphrasing where he said that, you know, look at my, my, my 500, like $5,000. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, 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 my $10,000 outfit or something like that along the lines of that. And you know, like I'm doing good and so on and so forth. And then he's, he did his thing. And then after that, like Jesus was like, Hey, look, I may not own like a $10,000 suit, but I own half of Atlanta. And I'm like, oh, snap. That was a, like. Yeah, it's, like I a, mean, they, they go to different audience type thing. Like, right. we can't front, like, you know, we don't like a nice outfit. And right. if we you know that, you no know, goes to a certain audience that likes to glamorize, you no, know, mm-hmm. 
their their materials, which yeah. is cool. That's part of the culture. Like Jeezy yeah. also had that aspect too. Yeah. If you go back and listen to the song, Jeezy, you know, spent a lot of money on jewelry just because mm-hmm. he transitioned. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily make us look down upon Gucci. Yeah. Gucci makes the music that he makes based off the lifestyle he lives. Right. So you don't get us so icy. Yeah. If both of them weren't concerned about jewelry. <laughs> okay, so just because Jeezy's on recession three and like. Yeah. He wants to, um, you know, change his trajectory. I I don't knock it either way. Yeah, they both writing their own accord. Yeah, there's a lot of lot going on. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely been been thoroughly entertained throughout this this pandemic. At least I can say for November. Yeah, uh, y'all can get handled December and Christmas and everything. <laughs> but on that aspect, before we wrap out, just want to you know put a little plug. You know, uh, we just had Black Friday, you know, Small Business Saturday, Cyber Monday coming right. up type thing, and then you still have all December. Yeah. But let's make sure you know we're if we're out here buying stuff because we're not going into stores, so we're doing a lot of e-commerce and stuff. Continue to support our black businesses, right? Like it's it's really not that hard. This is the time where where businesses should be flourishing mm-hmm. because we don't have anything else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the little anything that you need, yeah, in some form or fashion, you can find a black owned business to to really get down to yeah. it. Like, and now is like a good time to like purchase a house and like find a you know, a black business, like a black realtor or like, you know, a black company that would help you support that as well. Trust me. Like I have a, like my brother-in-law, real estate market is relatively good, very low interest rates because of the pandemic. And so good time to buy houses. Yeah. But if you're not a house level, if you're not house level yet, if I you mean, just want some, def- some popcorn, some soap, <laughs> <laughs> you want some t-shirts, like yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where you can start from. Like I said, the, the everyday things that we, we use, um, there's a there's a black retailer out there yeah. and in order for them to be successful and to grow to become you no know, competition for these major retailers yeah. you got to support them so we all have you know our friends or artists yeah or and something like that yeah i'll say just invest in their company period like you know if you're into the stock markets or if you're into like that type of stuff like invest into these types of businesses so that way we can grow together but yeah. Definitely, you know, keep on shouting out black businesses. Social media does help. Uh, you would be surprised at the amount of things that, that come across my timeline. Um, are just new things to try. Like, I never thought I needed a, a hoodie with a satin hood in there. But I mean, like, that's it's convenient to know that I have a, a black owned business that does it. That's thinking out, looking out for my hair. Is that what you want for your birthday? It's already coming. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I definitely, I mean, support black businesses, support us. I mean, we're a black business as well. Yeah. Uh, like I said, there's so many different forms of fashion of just different ways we can continue to support our community because if we don't support us, who else will? So definitely just wanted to, to end off on that. So it's been a great episode. Like it I said, has. thank you for everybody. Happy birthday, 1128, 90. It's in the books. Let's go. All right. I knew. Um, you can follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, continue to listen to us on all DSPs, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you want to listen to us, we're there. Uh, continue to spread it around and let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Don't be afraid to wish Justin a happy birthday. He is 30. Yes, that's correct. And he's still on the market. So feel free to hit him up at any time. <laughs> so with that being said, guys, so until next time, stay, stay dedicated. dedicated.